Happy Friday, everybody. It is time now for your Berkshire Hathaway bi-weekly podcast. And stay tuned. Your realty expert, John Brodine, is coming up right after this. Look, if you want that home, let's go get you that home. And it's okay to feel a little nervous. Or to not know what to look for. Because our network agents have the expertise to take the scary out of buying a home. Well, most of it. Now, let's go get you home. John Brodine, how are you today, buddy? I'm good. Been a long two days. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) What's new in your world? Not too much. Um, I'm trying to think. Busy busy week with work. Big plans Um, for the weekend? So... Some of the guys from my gym are competing in a tournament in Fargo. Okay. Um, so I'm probably going to go down there and watch them. And then that, uh, so that's Saturday. And then got to be back in time, I think. Uh, so Carolyn's got her class reunion. Oh. Um, so going to go do something before that with some friends and go with her. I didn't graduate in 11, but okay. she, she did. So I'm, I'm going with. Oh, I'm but you, you're her. not going to go down and see Trample by Turtles Saturday night or anything? I, I will not have time. I will miss oh, that. Oh, no. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be able to go um, either. It, it, bothers me but uh, <laughs> class reunions are a lot of fun yeah it should be fun you know it's a chance uh, it's a chance for mrs brodine to show off her eye candy and look how go. good she did right <laughs> yeah and then and then she'll probably whip out that picture that you guys oh, took at the God. lake last <laughs> when i keep bringing that up <laughs> she looks pretty good with just a pair of shorts on too um you know i'm starting to sound like i really like you john um just keep it coming keep yeah, yeah keep pumping my tires <laughs> you know uh, I don't know. You have told me before, uh, one of you realty experts says, how many realtors are in Grand Forks? Like right around 250, I believe. So. Okay, 250. And I don't know how many of those are full-time realtors. Uh, a lot of guys have other jobs. Yeah, you know? there are a lot. So I'd say there's probably about 50 who are full-time. Okay. Um, so not very many as a, as a percentage. Okay. So now you think with those numbers you just threw me, uh, it's like a mechanic or it's like a, a an athlete or, or whatever. Yeah. You've got your good ones. You've got your not so good ones. Yeah. So I want to know what could go wrong if you use one of these bad agents. Yes. So if you use, and, and it might not just be one of the brand new agents, you know, mm-hmm. there's plenty of agents who have been licensed for years who, right. who just don't do it often Still enough to might stay sharp be horrible yeah, yeah exactly um if you you know if you've got another job you're not in this full time you're not going to have the time to put in to really know the market you're not going to know the latest um you you have to be so in tune with the latest uh market trends mm-hmm. to know how to negotiate properly for your clients to how to um how to handle every situation nobody I've, I've said this before nobody is really really good at something that they don't do all the time sure so that that agent who's a part-timer might be super friendly they might you know pursue you and they might really want to work with you and um, they might be super accommodating and everything but when it's time for them to actually do their job there are things that could go wrong and you could be disappointed and we're going to go through a few of those today okay uh, and, and the reason i asked is because um i have some friends that have full-time jobs, but they are realtors on the side yep. or, or part-time or yep. whatever. Uh, and, and I don't want them to think I'm dogging them. <laughs> yeah. And, but and I know what you mean. I, it's possible for, <clears throat> for some of them to be all right. You know, if sure. they do enough business and, you know, there's, I mean, there's an agent that I know who's a, who's a teacher, but she, she's, she sells a ton of real estate, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. in the summer. So it's not all of them. It can be done. Yeah, it can be done. You can still be, um, you know, better than average. Sure. Um, even, but when if you were to group them all together 
it's it's the, there's a huge difference between the top realtors in town who are true professionals and then the bottom ones in right, town. Right, right. Um, the bottom ones in town, you know, you've moved a handful of times in your life. You've owned a few homes. Mm-hmm. Um, you there's there's probably some realtors out there who where you know more about houses and about the housing market than mm-hmm. they do, which is you know, not uh, good. My last sale and buy, um, I actually used the same realtor yeah. <clears throat> to sell my house and buy my new one. And I thought this realtor did an okay job. Uh-huh. Um, but then I realized years later, and especially after doing these Berkshire Hathaway biweekly podcasts, that I could have done better. Possibly. And, and, and But shoulda, woulda, coulda. Yep. I mean, that's just the way it goes, for me anyway. Yep, yep. And <clears throat> some, sometimes people don't know what they're missing out on. You know, mm-hmm. If you were to work with a, with a CPA who you know, just does the bare minimum all along, that's what you're going to think all CPAs are like until yeah. you work with one who's mm. really, really good and saves you a ton of money. Same with a lawyer. Same with a, you know anything else. So um, I just want to kind of educate the people out there on what the differences are. Um, and, and sometimes those people have only had experiences with a low-level realtor mm-hmm. might think that realtors are super overpaid and that don't provide any value which might be the case for the person that they worked with. Okay. Um, but the best realtors in town are worth every penny and will save you much more money than what they actually charge for their In the long run. Sale. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I know after talking with you guys, um, <laughs> some of the things you guys do are above and beyond yep. what you would think a realtor would do. But tell us uh, some of the things that could go wrong if you use one of these bad agents. Yeah. So let's start with the buying side of things. This is generally lower stakes. Um, but there are a lot of things that could go wrong and it's going to lead to a lot of disappointment, a lot of headache, a lot of, uh, you know, um, more in a lot of cases, if you're lucky, it's just an emotional thing. Mm-hmm. It's not yep. like you're losing hundreds of thousands of dollars or anything like that, but, yep. um, you know, unable to write a winning off the, the agent might be un- unable to write a winning offer in a multiple offer situation and causing you to lose your dream home. You oh might, yeah. You might tell your agent, we have to have this home. I need you to tell me exactly what I need to put in this offer to make sure that I get it, right? And the agent might not know the market well enough. They might not know the latest strategies. They might not be able to compete against those other agents. And if they're a part-timer, those, those agents who are top agents also probably have a stronger relationship with that listing agent. Sure. Or that listing agent's done many, many deals a year mm-hmm. with, with one of those other top agents. And they might prefer to work with that agent. And that agent might just, you know blow you out of the water, be able to write a much stronger offer, terms you didn't even know existed um, in their offer. So you could lose out on a, a winning offer um, in a multiple offer situation, which is especially applicable to this year uh, with the way the market's been. Lack of negotiation skills. Second thing is knack, lack of negotiation skills and market knowledge calling, causing you to overpay for a home. So they might be so eager to make a sale that they might encourage you to, to over offer and might be too eager to get a deal together where you there was still some meat on the bone negotiation-wise mm-hmm. causing mm-hmm. you to overpay. Um, this is something that if you stay in the home long enough, you can overcome it. It's not the end of the world. Right. Um, but you really want somebody who's a tough, good negotiator, who's not going to make you do something stupid and lose it, um, but who's going to get every dollar that they can for you and save every dollar that they can for you when you're buying a home. Um, they might give you bad advice. Number three, they might give you bad advice about how much money realistically you should put into renovations to be able to get a return on your investment. They might just agree with everything you say. So you uh-huh. might be looking at homes in the near north neighborhood where the highest sale price for a home that you're looking at is $145,000. you are looking at one for one hundred thirty that needs a lot of work. 
And you might say, oh my gosh, if I put $50,000 into this home, it's going to be beautiful. And I bet I could sell it for 200. And the agent might not know any better and might just say, yeah, I think you could easily sell it for 200. I think you should buy this right now. Whereas an agent like me, what I'm going to say is, well, the highest price per square foot that's ever sold out here is 130 a foot. And with Mm -hmm. the size of your home, 130 a foot is pushing maybe 150. Right, right. Go cheap on your renovation. Don't overdo it. And you might be able to have a positive result, but do not spend 50,000 and do not go with these high end finishes. I could, I can tell them what type of renovations that buyers are going to be looking for. Mm-hmm. You know, it's one thing if you're going to stay in the house forever and you really want to customize it to your needs and sure. you don't care about the investment side of things. But most people stay in their home on average like seven or eight years. So mm-hmm. they're going to need to sell this thing again in the future to move up. Mm-hmm. And you want upgrades that are going to make the home more saleable and that are going to get you a decent return back on that money that you put into it. Sure. Um, so, I mean, if you're thinking about selling your home and you're going to upgrade it a little bit, you don't want to go with granite countertops and all of that. Because the new home buyer, if they don't like those, even though they're new, they'll do it themselves. Yep. And that's the other thing is, so it depends on the type of home. If we're talking a home in the near north neighborhood mm-hmm. where values are capped at a relatively low uh, price. Mm-hmm. Um, you're certainly not going to want to do expensive finishes like granite or quartz countertops, elaborate, you know, high end appliances, all this kind of crazy stuff. That's going to cost you a fortune. Um, you're not going to see a return on it. The buyers looking in that, if they're looking for a higher end home, they're not going to be looking in that neighborhood. Right. It's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. You're, there's a certain price per square foot that is reasonable to get. And anything beyond that is going to take, an incredibly uh, specific buyer, like we talk about with supply and demand, if it appeals to the masses, it's, there's going to be a ton of demand for your one product. If it's something that appeals to just a super specific niche buyer um, that may or may not even exist, that's not very much demand and it's going to result in a lower price. So uh, it's going to depend on the type of home. And I do encourage people to fix stuff up, make it new, move and ready, and follow the follow the latest uh, trends that appeal to the masses. Because people always say, "Well, I don't." Even though my carpet's completely destroyed, I don't want to replace the carpet because what if the buyer doesn't like it? It is usually better to actually do that. Yeah, I'm sure um, it is because first impressions. First impressions, like you know, carpet's relatively cheap. It's usually one of the higher return mm-hmm. um, upgrades you can make to a home. And if you go with a neutral color that I can kind of counsel you on a little bit and tell you what most buyers are looking for, it's going to pay off. Same with paint. You right. Know, it's, it's better to repaint in a nice neutral color that's going to appeal to the masses. And that's another thing I can help you with. Okay. So, now, I, I got a, a, a question for you. Yeah. Now, say I've got a good friend who's a part-time realtor. Yep. And I'm going to sell my house. Mm-hmm. And I decide to go with a realty expert from Berkshire Hathaway. Mm-hmm. And the friend finds out. Mm-hmm. They will. <laughs> what I, I know. And what do you say? Well, I know you're my friend, but I think these guys are better. And you just hope, well, since we're really good friends, we're still going to be really good friends. But, you know, we're not talking about, you know, buying a bicycle or, or something like that. We're talking about a major investment here that uh, you're going to be probably paying for for a long time. So I could see how that could, you know, maybe put somebody where they end up choosing one of these bad agents because of maybe circumstances like that. I know. And that's a difficult situation that happens a lot that people are put in just because the barrier to entry of getting your real estate agent, uh, agent license is so low. So many people are licensed. People do know a lot of people who are licensed. Mm-hmm. Um, but if there's things that the expert agent can offer you that your friend can't, it's, it's hard in your own to justify that to yourself, why you should go with your friend and probably pay him almost the same 
um, for a much lower level of service and mm-hmm. probably a lower return, especially when you're selling. Okay. Like, like I said, buying is lower stakes. That's whatever. When you're selling, it's even more, it's, it's critical to have an agent who nails everything, gets everything right to have a profitable sale. It's your money. Mm-hmm. It's your choice. And sometimes people don't want somebody who's a really close friend knowing all their business. Yeah, well, that's stuff. true. You might feel like you want somebody who, if they screw up, you can chew them out, and it's not going to ruin a relationship. Talk about ruining a yep. relationship. Something goes wrong with that agent who's your friend. It could, it could ruin the relationship if they mess something up, and you get real, you know, you're really mm-hmm. ticked off. And sure. They didn't do their job, and they cause, cost you thousands of dollars. That also ruins a relationship. Yeah, so it, absolutely. It's a difficult spot to be in. I don't even know what I would tell somebody to do, but um, you got to look out for your own best interests. And they've got a different job. It's not like they're not going to be able to get, put food on the table if you don't. You know, the professional mm-hmm. agent, they mm-hmm. rely on their real estate business to pay their bills. Absolutely. The the part-time agent, they don't. It's just bonus money for them. Okay. So, that makes sense. But I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> That's a tough spot to yeah. be in. And I yeah. wouldn't wish uh, that. And I'm hoping that never happens it, to me. Yeah. It's it's a tricky situation. Um, so we had just talked about uh, advising on um, how much money you could put into renovations based on neighborhood, et cetera. Uh, the other thing is lack of neighborhood knowledge that could lead you to buy a home in an area where homes are hard to sell or values stay very low. Um, an expert agent's going to have neighborhood knowledge that a you know not expert agent mm-hmm. is not going right. to have. Um, so you need to you need to make an informed decision when you're buying a house, um, and that's what a really good agent's going to be able to help you with. So. Um, number five, lack of experience and knowledge with the purchase contracts. So this is one of the areas where you could get stuck in a gotcha type situation if your agent doesn't know those, those contracts in and out, inside and out. They, they need to know those contracts. They need to know what every line means. They need to know what's normal to put on there, what's not. If the other agent is experienced and your agent is not and they sneak something by you and your agent doesn't catch it, you could, it could cost you a lot of money. <laughs> At the very least, it could cost you a lot of hassle and time to try to get back out of it. Um, number six, lack of general knowledge, where your agent just can't answer the questions that you have for them um, or can't give you any like meaningful, valuable advice. Mm-hmm. This is what you count on them for. This is what you hired them yeah, for. Yeah, exactly. What they're getting paid to do. And you might ask them simple questions that an agent should easily be able to answer, and they say, oh, you know, it's kind of like this, or it's kind of like that. They might give you non-answers. He and ha really around it. Yep. Exactly. Yep. So you, you ask questions, you want answers, poor agent is not going to be able to give you that. They're not going to be able to give you that advice. And that's a bare minimum, you know? Now let's talk about sellers. So this is going to be much more costly and inconvenient if they mess up, if the listing agent messes up, because this is your investment that you're talking about. It's not easy to sell property. It's not like taking cash out of the bank or selling a stock. It's a less liquid mm-hmm. than those other mm-hmm. assets. So this is where they earn their money. This is where you actually get your money back out of your investment. And that's the hard part. So uh, biggest mistake we see made is, and this comes from a lack of market knowledge, is failure to price the home properly when it first hits the market. You get one chance at this. Yep. Um, Overpricing or underpricing. Overpricing is more common uh, than underpricing. The biggest enemy of selling for top dollar uh, is sitting on the market and losing that consumer confidence when it sits and has a high days on market and it's price reduced multiple times. Everybody wants what everybody wants. Nobody wants what nobody wants. Mm-hmm. If you sit on the market for a long time, it shows everybody that nobody wants this house. So you need that's that's a huge mistake that you can make right off the bat. Could be could, the agent could actually have the market knowledge, but lacks the communication skills to 
relay that on to the seller in a way that the seller understands. And they might not have the confidence to stand up to the seller and say, hey, I know your house. I know you think your house is worth this, but this is what it's actually worth. And this is why Um, they might lack those communication skills and might not be able to stand up to the seller in some cases, which is eventually going to cost the seller a lot of money, Mm -hmm. a lot of time and a lot of hassle. You know, you use the word knowledge a lot. So I would think, um, do you want to hire an expert on a few things or do you want to hire a realty expert that knows everything? Exactly. All right. So a couple other things and, uh, you know, failure to give good staging advice. When you see a home that's poorly staged and does not show well, this usually boils down to the agent not giving them any advice on this or giving them bad advice on this. Um, it's going to look bad in photos, which is going to result in fewer showings, fewer offers, lower sale price. And it's also going to make it so the home shows poorly in person. Um, so the staging can really make or break the attractiveness of a home. It's cheap and easy. Um, and it, you know, with the guidance of a good agent, your home should be looking fabulous in photos and in person and every little detail should be right. And that's just takes a little bit of work with the right guidance. Anybody can do it. Mm-hmm. Um, you can take a home that looks like a complete disaster and make it look somewhat like a model home. Sure. If you know what to do. Um, Failure to advise the seller on repairs that should or shouldn't be made prior to listing, what's going to pay off, what's not, what's going to hinder the sale, what's going to help the sale, what you should spend your money on, what you shouldn't. No advice from your agent on this is a bad sign. And that could cost you a lot of money, could cause it to sit for longer, could cost you to overpay for certain repairs that you do prior and that you're not going to get any money back on. Um, Not offering a competitive buyer agent commission. So uh, if all the other listings in your price range are offering X amount commission to whichever agent brings in the buyer. Um, and you bargained your agent down on commission. They didn't have any confidence in their skills. So they take a lower commission and they also offer a lower commission to the agent who brings in the buyer. You don't want to de-incentivize the agents to sell your house. This is part of the agent, um, the agent facing marketing plan. You need to market to the public and you need to market to the agents having you know, all the other marketing things are going to help market to the agents. The other thing that markets the agents that doesn't do anything for the public is how much commission you're offering. If you offer a much lower commission than your competitors, you're de-incentivizing those agents who want to sell your house. If an agent does this regularly, they're going to build kind of a bad name for themselves in the agent community because agents know if I ever sell, you know, fake name here, Bobby's listings, <laughs> or I shouldn't even use that because that's an agent. If I ever sell uh, Matt's listings, I, I get paid way less than when I sell any other agent's listings. Okay. Agents are going to be reluctant to want to show that listing. It's going to bother them. They are, it, you know, it's just something that could add up over time. Sounds greedy, but you just don't want to de-incentivize agents um, to show and sell your house. And this doesn't benefit me at all at a listing ag- as a listing agent. So this isn't me negotiating for myself. This is saying this is part of our marketing plan. We don't want to put any roadblocks in the way of getting this thing sold. So uh, not hiring a professional photographer. I talk about all this all the time. Listing photos are your first impression. Um, and if they're bad, it will kind of nullify the hard work you put into staging your home. Uh, you also won't get as many showings as you would with beautiful photography, which will lead to fewer offers mm-hmm. lower sale price. Similar to staging, those two things go hand in hand. That's the biggest part of a marketing plan is sh- uh, photos and staging. If you don't have good staging and you don't have good photos, whatever marketing you do isn't going to be very attractive. Um, and not having photos at all or any other relevant information when the, mark, uh, when the listing hits the market. If the listing's not complete, you're missing your biggest chance to attract buyers and excitement surrounding the listing. This is the highest that the excitement will ever be. When a home hits the market, 
you know, if you're a hundred and ninety thousand dollar buyer and a home hits the market for ninety thousand, that agent is sending that listing out to you. Every agent in town is sending it out to their buyers who have homes in that price range. And if there are no photos and not all the information, those those buyers are missing it as well. So those are kind of some of the biggest mistakes. As you can see, a lot more costly mistakes can happen. Tens of thousands of dollars sure. of mistakes on the sell side. So what could go wrong if you use a bad agent? Uh, you're not going to have that problem if you use a realty expert like John Brodine. No, we will nail everything. Um, how does somebody get a hold of John Brodine, realty expert? Cell phone, 701-213-5428. You have yourself a groovy weekend, man. Yes, you guys as well. Always Thank fun you. having John yeah, Brodine in the you. studio. Uh, remember now, if uh, you're going to buy or sell for Mr. Brodine here and that house needs a little tweaking like he's been talking about, you get a hold of Executive Properties. These guys can get it done. It doesn't matter if they do all types of residential and commercial work. Find out more by calling them 701-330-1273 or go to executiveproperties.org. You can check out the reviews on Facebook and Google, too. Well, until Wednesday, John Brodine, have yourself a great weekend. There you go, your Berkshire Hathaway bi-weekly podcast.